Maybe it's best to give it a name once I'm finished. <laughs> Thanksgiving is an outstanding day. It, uh, obviously, my thoughts go back to my childhood when part of Thanksgiving Day was a table in the front of the church with the biggest potato and the biggest carrot and the biggest ear of corn usually displayed. And uh, that was our reason to give thanks to God. Of course, it went much further than that, but that's the first thought that comes to my mind on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Our church has been nicely decorated, and we've been encouraged to count your blessings, and so I gather that's what we want to do today. Uh, One of the most beautiful psalms on Thanksgiving is the 100th Psalm, which we already heard this morning, but uh, it's worth repeating. Let's Let's look at it again. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generation. We as people here in Killarney are truly blessed. God has been good to us, and God is good to us. And uh, as was already mentioned, we hear the noises in the back of the church, and we think of God's blessing upon the healthy children that are among us. Uh, It's not uncommon for people on special occasions to compile lists. It's uh, rather common to have the kids especially make a list at Christmas time and... That's the suggestions, and hopefully they don't get too long. Or sometimes people make lists at New Year's of the things that they hope will happen to them in the coming year or hope that they will do in the coming year. But uh, do we make lists on Thanksgiving Day? Here are some of the lists that some housewives uh, were suggesting. Uh, Let me read part of them. I am thankful for automatic dishwashers because they make it possible for us to get out of the kitchen before it's time for the kids to come back for the after-supper break or snack. I'm thankful for husbands who attack small repair jobs around the house because they usually make them big enough to call in the professionals. (laughs) I am thankful for children who put away their things and clean up after themselves. They're such a joy, and you just hate to see them go home to their parents. Or one might add, for smoke alarms, because they let you know when the turkey's done. Maybe a better list would be, I'm thankful for taxes I pay, because it means I'm employed and have property. Or I'm thankful for the clothes that fit a bit too snug, because it means I have enough to eat. I'm thankful for a lawn that needs mowing, windows that need washing, and eaves troughs that need cleaning, because it means I have a home. Now, our list might not be all the same, but I'm convinced that if we begin to make a list, we would find that we have much more to be thankful for than just material possessions. Like you, I'm sure my list would include the major things in life, health, family, friends, the nation we live in in spite of its flaws, and all the good things that God gives us. But most of all, I'm thankful for my salvation and the mercy that God showers upon us 
Because of Jesus, we have so much to be thankful for during this Thanksgiving day and throughout the year. But have you ever considered that first Thanksgiving that our southern friends started years ago? People, uh, few people were more underprivileged than that small group from the Mayflower. They started the custom of setting aside a day or more of thanksgiving to the Almighty God. They had no permanent homes. They had no government agency to help them build their homes. They had no means of transportation but their own legs. They had no, their only food came from the forest and from the sea. They had, uh, and they had to get it for themselves. They had no money, no place to spend it if they had any. They had no amusements except what they made for themselves. They had no means of communication to their friends back in England. No, pos- no pension, no Medicare, but anyone who would, have pre- en- who would have called them underprivileged would likely have ended up in the stocks. For they did have four of the greatest human assets, initiative, courage, willingness to work, and a boundless faith in God. A boundless faith in God. That almost sounds strange today. When powerful forces are at work in our nation to strip us of every reminder that the blessings we enjoy today are the result of people who put their faith in God. Thanksgiving Day is is an outstanding, a distinctive holiday. It doesn't commemorate a battle or anyone's birthday or anniversary. It's simply a day set aside to express our thanks to our God. In 1789, that's about 227 years ago, the American President George Washington made a public declaration of National Thanksgiving Day when a nation stops to acknowledge that it is God who gives us all the good things that we receive. It's our duty to stop and thank God. Today our nation is moving away from acknowledging God. Uh, There is... That's where... We, as God's people, can choose to be thankful to God for all the good things he has and is giving us throughout the year. This weekend we pause once again to celebrate Thanksgiving Day. And one would assume that because today we have so much, we would be an extremely thankful people. But it's often just the opposite. The more we get, the less thankful we become And the less mindful of God we are, and the more we want. In a certain village in Mexico, cold springs and hot springs are found side by side. And because of the convenience of the natural phenomenon, the women there often bring their laundry to boil their clothes in the hot springs and then move over and rinse them in the cold springs. A tourist watching this uh, procedure commented to his Mexican guide, they must think God is really wonderful to provide such generous supply of ample, good, clean, hot, and cold water. And the guide replied, No, senor, there is much grumbling because he supplies no soap. <laughs> I think that the 100th Psalm was written to deal with that attitude, to remind us of our need to be thankful, to maintain an attitude of gratitude. The 100th Psalm was written for, to, for the people of Israel. God said to them, When you come into the promised land 
and you settle down in your homes and you have plenty to eat, don't forget me. I led you out of the wilderness and brought you into this land flowing with milk and honey. But it didn't, didn't take very long to realize that the people of Israel needed a reminder. It's obvious that we need it too. God had us in mind also when this psalm was written. Did you notice to whom it was addressed? The first verse says it's addressed to all the earth. And the last verse said it includes all generations. The message of thanksgiving is so deep and so wide it applies to every person in every area and every stage of life. It's sad, isn't it, that we are one of only a few nations that celebrate Thanksgiving Day. I wonder what it would be like if every nation in the world would celebrate this day. There is something about giving thanks to God together that breaks down barriers between people, much like what occurred when the Berlin Wall came down at the end of the Cold War. I think also that there is a real danger of determining our thankfulness on the basis of how much we have. Do I have enough turkey to gorge myself sufficiently? Is my money in the bank secure? Am I healthy? And we let these things determine whether we are or are not thankful. The psalmist says that all these things may change at any time. They may drift away or burn or someone may steal them. The only thing we have for sure is our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the 100th Psalm emphasizes. Just scan the psalm. In verse 1, you find the word Lord. In verse 2, you'll find the word Lord. In verse 3, you'll find the word Lord. In verse 4, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And in verse 5, it's, you'll find the word Lord. The basis of our thanksgiving is the Lord. Alex Huxley, the author of Roots, had an unusual picture hanging in his office. It was a picture of a turtle on top of a fence post. When asked, why is that there? He answered, every time I write something significant, every time I read my words and I think that they're wonderful and begin to feel proud of myself, I look at the turtle on top of the fence post and, re and remember that he didn't get there on his own. He needed somebody else to help him. So that's the message of thankfulness to remember that we got here with the help of God and that he is the provider of every blessing that we have. The Bible tells us in the good King James Version, what hast thou which thou hast not received? <laughs> I like to tell the story of the farmer who was being visited by his pastor and uh, he took the pastor out to see his beautiful farm, the lovely painted buildings, and then he showed him the crops and the farmer says, you know, I, I put a lot of work into this, and I've really worked at this crops. And the pastor says, you know, God has really blessed you. And then he showed him his cattle. You know, I've, I've worked at the uh, best breeds and feeding and taking care of them. I've done a good job in that. And the pastor says, boy, God has really blessed you. And this went on for a while till the farmer got a little disgusted. And he says, you know, pastor, you should have seen this farm when the Lord had it all to himself. But actually... The pastor was right. It is not our efforts. Without God's blessing, we do not have all the good things that we're surrounded with today. It is 
God's blessing and not our own intellect, not our own physical strength, not our own mental stamina, but it is God that has given them to us. Now, as we look more carefully at this psalm, we find there are five commands. The first command is in verse 1. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. The word shout means proclaim with a force of a trumpet blast, a shout of joy to the Lord that comes from the very depths of our being. I think uh, Vern was experiencing that this morning already. It's, it's what we're doing. Shout for joy to the Lord because we are thankful for all that we have and all that he's given us. Maybe he solved your problem. Maybe he's given you direction to go. Maybe he's provided a blessing and you realize it comes from God. So from the depths of your being, you proclaim his praise. The missionary inter- a miss- Roland Allen wrote about a veteran missionary who came to him one day after he had delivered a sermon, and the missionary introduced himself and said, I was a medical missionary for many years in India, and I served in a region where there was progressive blindness. People were born with healthy vision, but there was something in that area that caused the people to lose their sight as they grew older. But this missionary had developed a treatment which would stop progressive blindness. So people came to him and he performed his treatment and they would leave realizing that they would have become completely blind, but because of him, their sight had been saved. He said that they never said thank you because that phrase was not in their dialect. Instead, they spoke the word that meant, I will tell your name. Wherever they went, they would tell the name of the missionary who had cured their blindness. They had received something so wonderful that they eagerly proclaimed it. And that's what the psalmist is saying. Suddenly you realize that God has been so good to you that you can't keep it inside anymore. From the depths of your being, you express your joy unto the Lord. The second command is, serve the Lord with gladness. It doesn't say serve the church, or it doesn't say serve the pastor, or serve a committee. And the Bible teaches that if we feed the hungry, clothe the naked, if we we are doing the work of the Lord, whatever it might be, it is serving the Lord. In Matthew 25, 40, Jesus said, Inasmuch as you've done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Isn't that what Psalm 100 is saying? In whatever you do, serve the Lord with gladness. The third command is, come before him with joyful songs. Psalm 98 verse 4 says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That I can do. So have you noticed in these first three commands, God has said, I want you to be happy. Shout with joy, serve with gladness, Come before him with joyful songs. The psalmist is saying, come before him and serve him and sing his praise with a joyful heart. Command number four is, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. God took every bone, every joint, welded them together with sinews and muscles covered them with skin, and gave us eyes to see, and brains to think, and fingers to feel, and to move things. God made us inside and out. 
He made you the way he wanted you to be, and he made me the way he wanted me to be. I don't understand why, but somehow God decided that he wanted a man not too good-looking, not outstanding in anything, but just a faithful follower of Jesus who would keep plodding along. So he made me. Someplace along the way, he had you in mind, and he made you. And he's still making us. That's the important thing to realize, too. He's not satisfied with the unfinished product. He's not satisfied with our flaws. He's not satisfied with the weak areas of our lives where we are giving into temptation. So he's still making us. He's still working in our lives. The Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians 1, 3 and 6, I thank my God every time I remember you, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. God is our maker, and we are created in his image. Therefore, give him thanks for who you are. And then he says, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Well, most of us don't want to be sheep. We want to be shepherds, not sheep. It's no fun being a sheep. And uh, so we say, uh, we want to do things our own way. But the problem is, we don't know where the still waters are or where the green pastures are. And every time we go out searching for them, we uh, inevitably end up in a far country. His, he is saying, you be the sheep, let me be the shepherd. I will lead you beside the still waters and the green pastures. Just let me lead and then command number five, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. In the Old Testament, the temple symbolized the presence of God. So whenever the people came to the temple and entered the courtyards, they knew that they had come into the presence of God. Now that the temple no longer exists, but oftentimes the place where we meet and worship is called the sanctuary, indicating that God is here. But God is everywhere. You know that. He's with you when you drive on the highway. He's with you when you work. He's with you when you care for your children. He's with you every moment of your life. And that is the source of thanksgiving. But I wonder, what if God began to treat us as we so often treat him? What if God uh, met our needs to the same extent that we give him our lives? What if we never saw another flower bloom because we grumbled when God sent rain? What if God stopped loving and caring for us because we failed to love and care for others? What if God took away his message because we wouldn't listen to his messenger? What if he wouldn't bless us today because we didn't thank him yesterday? What if God answered our prayers the way we answer his call to service? What if God stopped leading us tomorrow because we did not follow him today? And so we pray, Lord, help us to be thankful that you do not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Psalm 103, verse 10. I pray 
that this will be a meaningful Thanksgiving season for you all and for your family. Take time to read again the 100th Psalm. And if you'll heed these commandments, your heart will overflow with thanksgiving to the Lord. May God use these words to cause us to be thankful people throughout the entire year, for he is good.